الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا Ladies and gentlemen, it is a gorgeous Wednesday outside and we're going to talk about is it in fact a Palestinian genocide? Is there anything that would indicate that? And we begin with you with a couple videos. Are are we ready with that? Omar, you need a second. Need a second for that. We have today Imam Tom coming on. We're going to talk. Our main discussion is the settler colonial state of Israel. You got to understand nations colonize nations. And they got two ways to do it. Either... Like the British went to India, you know you're not going to take over India. You're like 0.1% of the population when you go there. You suck out the nutrients until time is up. You got some free money. Uh, You got other situations where the American way of doing it is corporate. They're not going to go in and bother themselves by ruling the whole country, but they'll go into the uh, natural resources and they'll... Uh, set up their corporations, and they'll uh, suck out uh, the resources that way. Okay, Make the regular people work for pennies, suck out the resources that way. So that's uh, the modern version of it. Well, one of the modes of colonization is settler colonization. America, Canada, Australia, South Africa, Israel. These are settler colonized meaning well who else the crusaders in the past okay the uh you could say that the the muslims did something similar too they went out just from a secular perspective they conquered and they lived there so this is something that happens when you're a strong nation you do this but the question is like how do you treat the people how do you treat the people and is it a matter of ethnicity? The difference between what the, what the Muslims did in the early generations and later on is they came with a divine code. Whoever follows that code rules, okay? Whoever applies that code rules. That's uh, the idea. Um, so if somebody, um, we're playing chess here. We're making moves. We know what the other side's going to say. Is that, well, you guys did it too. What do you mean you guys? Those are total different people. But in any event, our people, Muslims, uh, when they did do this, they came in with a code from God. Yes, did the people like it? No, they didn't like it. But you have a belief that this is from God. But it's not about an ethnicity or a tribe. That's really the main thing. When it's about an ethnicity or a tribe, it's very different from when it's about an idea that anyone can accept. And it's very different when there is a code of conduct etched in for when you conquer other people. I'm telling you, and I've said this before many times, people should know my philosophy. Conquest happens in life. It happens in life. The question is, how do you manage it? What are, are there rules? Humans will conquer other humans when one is strong and one is weak. You, the weak people have a wonderful country. The strong people have a miserable country. Just as an example. Or the strong uh, the people rise up with a mission. They rise up with a belief, okay? Napoleon went out there with a belief, right? You know, that whole liberty, all that stuff. And a a law, a way of living that he believed was right. 
This is the nature of why people conquer others. Okay. The question becomes, does it become an ethnic conquest such that the natives are completely blocked off from it? Well, when Islam came and revelation came, recognizing humans will conquer others, but it's not by your ethnicity. And also, if it is merely for the dunya, merely for wealth, it's forbidden. That's not jihad. Okay? If it's merely for wealth, okay, maximum we could say, uh, depending on what you do, but this is not... I mean, I'm trying to think of if it's ever conquest is ever something that is just treated as, as long as you follow the rules of the Sharia, um, then it may be halal for you. But actually, from what I was taught, if it is not for the sake of guiding people to the truth, then it's forbidden. Okay? It's not jihad. It's just aggression over other people. It's taking their wealth. It's forbidden. But when it comes and it's merely and it is for the sole purpose of spreading the truth, then that, that's what God ordains. Okay? And in that case, you give people time to accept the message. They accept it, then you're not allowed to fight. They don't, then you go in, you expand your borders to include them, and then you have a code of conduct. All right? Why am I saying this? Because the liberal side that is offering a lot of good critiques on what the colonial settler state of Israel does. I don't think that they believe in any kind of, that any kind of expansion of borders of a nation is forbidden in their moral code or immoral for them. So I want to preempt that and say, no, well, we don't actually, if it is for with the right intention, following a certain code of conduct, it can happen. And it did happen. The whole Ottoman empire is based upon that. And we love the Ottoman empire. The, uh, Khulafai Rashidin did it. And we love them, okay? Now, when it is solely for the sake of wealth, of worldly wealth, we consider this illegitimate. Consider this forbidden. When it is for the sake of one ethnicity over another, we consider this filthy. Prophet Sallallahu spoke about in the Hanatina, this to believe that your, your ethnicity, your tribe, is better than another. Well, what do settler colonizing states do? Okay. What they do is they wipe out the natives until it becomes scandalous. And until the natives are so small in number that they don't bother them anymore. As in Australia and Canada, for example, and the United States. At that point, oh, no, let's... Try to save them like an extinct animal. Give them a reservation. Uh, have a moment of silence. Give them a nice name like First Nation or something like that. That's what, has, that's what happened in the United States. Westward expansion. That's what happened in Australia. That's what happened in Canada. Okay. They wipe out the natives. Let's contrast that with how the companions in the second generation of Muslims... When they did it with, they expanded their nation with a kind of guidance from God. Those people are still Muslim till today. Well, if they hated them so much, why would they be Muslim? They are the native people mingled with the Arabs. Okay. So the native races are still there. Indo what, what Islam went to Indonesia, 
through people, not armies. India went in through military in the north, people in the south. Africa, military in the north, regular people, merchants in the south. But you notice they remain to be that native ethnicity and the Arabs married within them. And they remain to be Muslims. Okay. This form of colonization is genocidal in its nature and there's never going to have the colonization we're talking about Australia, Canada, the United States. It's genocidal in nature. Israel is now stuck, I believe. I believe they're stuck. They want to go that route. Slowly, year after year, pushing out the Palestinian population. Okay. Nikki Haley, I told you, people who, want, who love Israel, they will start calling for, Pal- they will start calling for their nation to accept Palestinians as a favor for Israel. Nikki Haley recently called for accepting Palestinians. She said, well, take a million Palestinians. Okay. It's not going to work. All right. It will not work. It's not going to work because the numbers of Palestinians and Jews, it's too even. Because one of their methodologies is that we're not colonizers if we're more than them. Of course you are. We're not colonizers is one of their arguments. We're not colonizers if we have no place to go. Of course you are. If we don't have an original country, that doesn't take anything away. We're not colonizers, they argue, if this was our historical homeland. Not the case at all. Yeah, not the case. So if the, if the Lenape Indians, if a few Lenape Indians, wherever they exist now, came to New Jersey again and started taking people's homes, that's not a crime? Because we're taught in school, every New Jersey kid is taught that the natives who used to live here are called the Lenape Indian tribe. All right, that's wonderful. That's history. What happened to them? Probably something bad that old New Jerseyans did. So when the Lenape come back and said, oh, this was ours, they start taking over buildings in Manhattan and New Jersey. This was ours. (coughs) It's not a crime. So, Omar, let's go to the videotape here. Let's take a look at some videos that are indicative of the genocidal view of that eliminate the natives perspective, okay? That eliminate the natives so much until they're insignificant. Then you could be like best Sam Yusuf, best Yusuf said the other day to Pierce Morgan. Then you could all become tree huggers and say, oh, there's a few Palestinians left. Let's, you know, make sure that we respect the original natives and stuff like that. That's the goal of, of uh, as Israel's, of these attitudes. Let's take a look. Erase the memory of them. Erase them all. Mothers, families, children, I'm going to read it to you guys. Okay, these animals can no longer live. Nowadays, we have no excuse. Tomorrow, he says Hezbollah could come over here and attack us. We have no excuse, he's saying. Every Jew in Lebanon should go out. If you have an Arab neighbor, don't wait. Go to his home and shoot him. Attack them, don't wait for them, he's saying. To fire airstrikes at us. And for the Iron Dome to activate. 
attacked them before that. We want to invade, not like before. We want to enter and destroy what's in front of us. Destroy houses, destroy destruction. Complete destruction, he's saying. With all force, enter and destroy. As you can see, we will witness things we've never dreamed of. Let them drop bombs on them and erase them. All the prophecies sent by the prophets are about to occur. What we're witnessing here of um, from Israel, we said before, there is a Jewish law, there is a liberal law. Okay. And I'm telling you, and we have the Sharia. And I'm trying to explain to Muslims, this the purpose of this podcast and this whole live stream is take current affairs. What is the Sharia in, uh, in comparison to these ideas that we're dealing with on a daily basis? That's why I brought up the fact that Muslims do have a concept of conquest. We have this concept. Every nation that gets powerful, it's almost like it, 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 it's a law of nature. You have to expand. When Japan was a powerful nation, it took over China a while back, centuries ago. Okay, Every nation, when it gets powerful, it has to swallow the nations around it. The United States didn't do that. Of course it did that. It did that with the whole uh, continent or the whole country east to west, okay, leaving off Canada and Mexico. And they took parts of Mexico, Texas. Okay, Texas is called Six Flags because it was part of six different nations or five different nations that has its own flag, okay? Texas was part of America, France, Spain, Mexico. I don't know what else, and it has its own flag, okay? <coughs> That's why it's six flags refers to Texas. And America did it in the modern times through corporations, not as a nation, because the temperament of the world, they started to not like colonization of people. So if, you're, if people are wondering, well, why am I bringing up the Sahaba, the Ottomans, the Abbasids, all these? I'm showing you that unlike the liberal view of the world that holds all forms of conquest to be immoral, we don't hold that. There is a form and an intent of spreading your borders that is acceptable to Allah. We, I don't make this law. This is the beauty of the, the deen in Islam. I don't have to worry about morals. God sends the morals down. The scholars analyze the speech of Allah and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, give us the conclusion. Okay? I never have a moral dilemma. Right? This is the beauty of Islam. I never have a moral dilemma. We have a book. We have a prophet who lived by that book, and we have scholars for centuries who have given us the principles of how to interpret this and come to conclusions. And you're not the only person living in the world. Whatever moral dilemma you have today, someone had it a couple years earlier or a couple decades earlier, and we have rulings on it. We do have a concept to this. But we have an intent, and we have a law. And we have a purpose. Okay? This is what God revealed regarding conquest of other nations and spreading your borders. And what we're seeing right here, the Jewish colonial settler project is informed by Deuteronomy and by verses of the Bible that that man, that this old man, just evoked, okay? He just talked about wipe them all off the earth, their kids, their families. That is actually Jewish law. They don't have a concept of a minority living amongst them. Shedi, I gave us a concept of what happens when a minority lives amongst you, okay? Secondly, 
Sharia is coming to give people guidance through Islam. The moment the so-called native enters Islam, he's no longer minority because it's not about an ethnicity. It's not about a race. It's not about a heritage. It's not about a, a birth uh, a lineage. And that's why in the Islamic lands, when the Arabs spread their to their borders, within 100 years, who was actually doing most of the ruling? Turks. The Seljuk people within the Abbasid Empire, within a few generations, the Abbasid Khalifa was like a figurehead. The main movement of the entire Ummah was by Turks, right? In Egypt, who ended up ruling? A, a Caucasian from the Caucasus Mountains, Mamluk slaves, Hajj, come on it, Mamluk slaves who picked up the banner of Islam and they ruled. So this is one of the facets of the fiqh of expanding the empire and what is the law that you live by, okay? I hate to actually be talking about this simultaneously next to talking about this other stuff, but you have to see a comparison because we're not going to go the naive way or the completely uh, secular or liberal way and say no concept of expanding your borders can ever exist. It's not practical because when you don't have a law for something and then your people do it, there's no limits then. Like what is the Christian law of war? They don't really have a doctrine like how did Jesus fight wars? We don't know. How did Jesus followers fight wars? They didn't fight. So, so, but when you guys did fight wars, look what you did. World War One, World War Two. When you did colonize because you have no law of conquest, when you did colonize, you were the worst. What the French did in Algeria. What the Canadians did in Canada. Okay. What the Americans did in the Ameri in the what the white Americans did to the Native Americans. What the British and Irish, I guess it was some Irish prisoners were also sent to Australia and they established a colony there in Australia. What you did to those people. What you did in South Africa. That is Christianity that did not have a law on what happens when you spill over into another nation and you have the ability to dominate over them and to rule that country. You need a law for this to, to tr streamline it. Islam comes, how human beings behave, we give you a law. Not an ideal that is impossible to ever reach. And when you fall for that ideal, you just fall into an abyss now because there is no parameters at all. <coughs> Let's take a look at the next video. Oh, this is the worst. Look at this. They're filming some Israeli, some Palestinian kids playing. They're talking about, oh, I can't really get a target on him, he's moving around. One guy says, shoot the guy in pink. And boom, they shot him. And the kid just goes flying. And they're laughing at it. And they're laughing at the... the and now the parents see this, the parents are come running. The, the family, the tribe, they come running, they're picking up their child now. So, 
This is a genocidal mentality. I'm bringing you clips of people because a genocide does not happen by a piece of paper that says, let's go do a genocide. It happens when entire population are accultured to just killing these people, okay? To just killing the natives. It happened in Australia. Australia is some of the worst human beings on the earth. We're the Australians. Go and, and just kill these uh, aboriginal wild beasts. Okay, The Germans. These Jews are a bunch of rats. Kill them all. Okay, Let's go to the next video before we bring Imam Tom on. Now, watch. Let me actually lower this volume so I could read it for him. This man says Tanjura was a wealthy town. All right, they lived like Europeans, he said. The women of the town, they used to wear beautiful clothes, and it was a gorgeous town, he's saying, basically. Now, one of the soldiers raped a 16-year-old girl, he says. And he's laughing. Uh, it's understood what happened was terrifying. We had soldiers with us. Okay. He, got, he would gather the Palestinians in a cage. He would tie them up with iron, then surround them with wires, okay. put them in a cage made of iron. He gathered all the men and women and made them sit down. One of the soldiers took the machine gun and just shot them. Okay. He replaced the magazine, and that's what happened. All right. But we didn't do the same thing. That person was extraordinarily savage. Okay, He was not the norm. And they covered up the incident. The soldiers took flamethrowers in their hands and closed it. Hey, Omar, could you move the tab over a bit? Because this lamp is in my way. I can't see from the TV. I didn't talk about... That, no, this tab on the computer screen. Just move it over a little bit. Yeah, because I can't see. Yeah, this one. Move it over a little bit. All right, this guy, he says... I never took prisoners. I killed everybody. When someone didn't raise their hands in war, I didn't take them as a prisoner of war. When someone did raise their hands. And he says he got traumatized by this. He hadn't been able to overcome the trauma of his actions until today. In those days, if I even saw school children with their hands up, I would kill them. How many people did you kill this way? I didn't count. It's not possible for me to know. The man, and he's laughing. What are you laughing at? I had total of 250 bullets in my weapon. It's a very popular video. I fired and killed everyone. It's impossible for me to count how many people he killed. Sampling of the genocidal attitude that individuals have. A genocide cannot happen just because a nation wants it. It happens because... People, everyone thinks that way, and it becomes socially acceptable to do this. All right, we have our guests with us. He's about to, we're about to uh, to be joined now with Imam Tom, and we're going to talk to him about this very subject, all right, the concept of the genocidal uh, attitude that exists in Israel right now towards the Palestinians all right, that's our topic today, and that's also why I covered uh, before anyone responds and say, you know, you Muslim conquered. No, that yes, our Sharia has conquest, a concept of conquest, but um, there are parameters, rules, purposes, and have there have there been Muslims who did bad things? Because I know that any time you talk, someone's going to respond to you. Sure, bring them up, but the bulk of what the early Muslims did and what the Ottomans did 
is not anything close to this. So, but either way, let's say you did and said, oh, look, you Muslims genocided everybody over there. All right, so does that justify this? Right? <clears throat> All right, here we go. Imam Tom Ficini, welcome to the Safina Society, Nothing But Facts live stream. It's great to have you on. I think this is your first time coming on. I've come on to yours, but I think this is the that's first correct. time you've come on here. Yep, that's correct. Salam alaikum wa Allah. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to great to do anything together. Alhamdulillah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so you're you're in Utica right now. That's correct. Okay. Yep. Good. Mashallah. Imam Tom uh, is is in Utica. He's a Jersey guy, actually. He's from South yep. Jersey. I'm from South, South Jersey. Jersey. There we He's go. He's from the West Side. I'm from the East Side of, of South Jersey, which gets no love. It always gets um, you know, made fun of, put down, northern Delaware, All right? But <laughs> uh, so that's our that's our common bond. And yep. now yep. let's get straight into our topic. Why don't you share with us uh, what has been your message to people? Who are you targeting, and what is your main message to people uh, yeah, regarding this uh, last two weeks? Yeah, um, so it depends on who we're talking to, right? We have to differentiate between audiences. When it comes to talking to Muslims, we need the Muslims to feel empowered and like their voice matters. Um, the other night, you know, we have a, a video that's currently going viral that was taken from our live stream at Yaqeen Institute with Sami Hamdi, where he, you know, he was responding to a question from a sister about, we feel so uh, powerless here in the West, like we can't do anything. And Sami did a wonderful job over the course of 25 minutes demonstrating that popular opinion really does matter. Uh, social media posts actually do matter. I know a lot of people, they criticize sort of keyboard activism and just, you know, likes and shares and stuff like that. And there's a degree and a dimension to which that is true, but it's not, this is a false dilemma, actually, in reality, that these two things are all tools in the toolbox. They're all tactics that are part of a greater strategy. And what we see unfolding is that popular opinion, especially in the Muslim world, but also in the West as well, is actually has a lot of the governments shaking in their boots and walking back from the positions of normalization and just allowing this stuff to happen that had been the status quo or the quickly forming status quo uh, for two weeks ago. So, you know, it's a psyop, if you will. It's, it's, it's a, a psychological warfare or a tactic of psychological warfare to make us give up and think that we can't do anything, we can't change anything, or that the few maybe indirect things that we can do don't have any effect. Actually, they do. Um, they're, not, they're not effective in isolation, but they're part of a larger toolbox and a larger strategy of several tactics that if we actually were to coordinate and have them all working together, uh, that would be very, very effective, inshallah. So if I'm talking to Muslims, that's what I'm trying to, uh, message number one is to don't underestimate the good that you can do. Even sharing and hitting the algorithm and trying to push the conversation has already done a surprising amount of work. We've had CNN and major news corporations apologize <laughs> for the first time ever for their lies. Usually they just lie and then they forget about it. They're actually apologizing for their lies. We're holding them to account in a way mm -hmm. that we've never really seen before. The second thing I try to tell Muslims is this is not the time for infighting. This is not the time to score points for your personal grudge or the grudge of your uh, your group or the grudge of your, you know, your sect or your movement. This is, if we can't unite on this issue, then we will not be able to unite about anything. Uh, so if you've got, you know, okay, you're from this movement or that movement or this side of the aisle or that side of the aisle, this is something where this has to wait, that we have to 
be united, not just present a united front, but be united on this issue as much as we can be, because we know that our enemies and our opposition are always going to attempt to exploit the chinks in our armor, and the biggest chink in our, in our armor is our lack of ability to, to unite. This even has to do with the people who are, um, who are on the ground and more physically affected. Sometimes people, they conflate the governments of Muslim nations with the Muslim populace, and they'll say, the Arabs have betrayed us, or the Muslims have betrayed us. When you've got tens of thousands of people in Arab countries, in Muslim countries that are hitting the streets, that are you know showing up at the embassies, that are doing what they can, and they're met with bullets, they're met with violence, they're met with the government security forces. This is another psyop. This is another attempt to get us to give up and to turn against each other. The Muslim people are united. The Muslim people are together. Our governments are working, often they're working against us, We've been able to push them on some things. We'll see how things keep unfolding. But don't give in to this idea that everybody's just betrayed and there's no good in the ummah and all the scholars are cowards. And No, no, there are scholars out there that are being brave, that are speaking up. The Muslim masses are speaking up and they're coming through. We need to have a collaborative mindset and be aware that they are the opposition and the enemy is going to attempt to break our ranks and make us feel defeated and make us try to fight amongst ourselves. If I'm talking to a non-Muslim, I'm trying to do two things. I'm trying to, and I published, we published on, um, on the Utica Meshid channel. Um, I went into the local conservative talk radio and I had a 25-minute mm. sort of showdown with them. Um, there's two main things that I, I like to highlight. It depends on who you're talking to. If you're talking to somebody who's conservative or someone on the right, I try to go right for the idea of truth and what to believe. Okay, because just two weeks ago, you were telling me that you can't believe anything that Biden says. You were telling me that you can't believe anything the mainstream media says. Mm -hmm. And now all of the main media organizations have lined up to bang the drums of war to try to cheerlead rah, rah, rah for Israel and its massacre of Palestinians. And now all of a sudden you believe everything they say. Joe yep. Biden gets on the camera and he says to the entire nation that he saw a picture. You know, he can't see anything, let alone a picture of 40 babies supposedly being massacred. It was a lie. It was a lie. And so now, now all of a sudden everybody believes him. No one's critical. CNN is literally has become a mouthpiece of the IDF. They mm -hmm. invite, they invite Israeli journal, uh, excuse me, generals and military personnel to spew their version of the, of the, you know, the fake news. They're taking literally, they're taking what they say as gospel and running with it. And now no one's critical anymore. Now you have conservatives believing it, right? Like they come with some, now what was it today? Some fake, uh, fake, conversation between two <laughs> supposed Palestinian militants oh, a joke. Admit, admitting to supposedly admitting to having <laughs> to, to having been responsible for the for the hospital attack how can people be so dumb and naive Americans alhamdulillah if there's one thing that they hate they hate to feel like they're getting that like they're 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 dummies they hate to feel like they're getting taken advantage of or they're being lied to and most people actually distrust the media and distrust the government which is mm. why you have to hammer them on this why are you trusting them now yep. you know that they lie they've lied time and time and time and time and time again how could you possibly believe them now yep. um and the other thing that i'm that i'm trying to hammer if you're talking to someone more on the left is just the absolute the absolute hypocrisy uh, that's going on when it comes to how things are, are are treated. And sometimes flipping the language makes it come home because the Israeli propaganda machine is extremely shrewd in the language that they choose and the tactics that they use. But you're able to flip it. We should start calling it a holocaust. This is a holocaust of Palestinians. We yeah. should start calling Gaza a concentration camp. It's not just an open air prison. It's a concentration camp. These are things that, you know, uh, they're discursively very powerful. 
So these are just some <laughs> just off the top of my head. I'm sure you and me, we have not been sleeping all week. You know, uh, the sentences are all running together and the, mm -hmm. and, the, and the ideas are getting confused. But those are some of the main points that I've been trying to hammer. What about the America first policy of the conservatives? All of a sudden exactly. that's out the window too. Yes, on the, exactly. And on, when I went to the, 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 the conservative talk radio, I also brought that up. I referenced Candace Owens's tweet where she was very honest. She said, I don't understand why we should be sending soldiers or money to patrol another a foreign nation's borders. Yep. What happened? You know that the, the border is a big issue for them, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, who's sending soldiers and money to protect our borders? Yeah. And the answer is nobody, right? There's even people on the right who sympathize with the idea of stand your ground. It's like if you were a Palestinian, right? Yeah. It, you know, if you're someone in Florida and you believe in like the stand your ground laws, if you're a Palestinian and someone comes into your home, I don't care if they're telling me that they're doing this as a response to this or whatever. This is my home. Yeah. Right. And so there, that's a fundamental right to resist there that people can't deny. So that's what people I think when you're talking to non-Muslims, you're talking to Americans, you have to realize there's certain nodes of connectivity that mm -hmm. you can hit on discursively. What you, and you, but you have to know your audience, obviously, because the ones on the right are going to be different from the ones on the left. The ones on the right, they have different streams among them. Like we said, there's not everybody's a, an America first Republican, right? Like some people are have different sort of agendas, but you have to. You have to hit on the thing that is meaningful to somebody and try to change the discourse and try to, to try to change the terms upon which this entire discussion happened. I made a mistake and, and you know, in, the, um, in that, that talk radio show that I went on, the first question they hit me with was, what is Hamas? And they caught me off guard because it seemed to be an innocuous question and I'm not satisfied with the way I answered it. Um, I sort of played the, like, I don't know, how am I supposed to know? Muslims are always expected to know and how can we? What yeah. I would say if I was in that studio again, I would say, tell me what is Israel? And I'll yeah. tell you what Hamas is. Mm -hmm. because, if, because you cannot, you, there is no such thing as Hamas without Israel. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, like we can you can disagree with some of the tactics or the things that they're accused of. You know, I don't know if it's true or not. This is fog of war. This is, you know, propaganda. If they're targeting, you know, uh, tr if they're truly targeting civilians, obviously, that's something that's against Islam. And we don't believe in. But you can't take away the context. And the entire Israeli propaganda is dedicated to taking away the context. This is not about October 7th. This is about 1947. This is about the entire history of the region and the reason, like how Israel came into existence in the first place. If you want to address the issues, you want to make Hamas go away, you want to make the resistance and the rockets and the whatever go away, you have to end the occupation. There's no way out without ending the occupation. First period, end of sentence. Uh, let's talk about uh, Hamas again for a second, because it's often, often used a scapegoat as, you know, Hamas yes. is there, we got to go in. All right, right. well... What about the West Bank where there's no Hamas? They have oh, no course. influence in the West Bank. Why are no. people getting killed there? Yeah. Right. So no, Hamas if you flip is the just, language. If, yeah. if you flip the language, if you if you take anybody's sentences and replace Hamas with IDF and replace Israel with Hamas, and they would never accept it. Yeah. This is why you have to you have to force people to try to be consistent. At least then they'll admit that they're just racist bigots or, or whatever it is. But people they hide behind these sorts of things. Um, they don't realize how dehumanized and desensitized they've been to the slaughter of Palestinians. They re reveal it in certain moments, but to really hold them to account. Okay, so if Hamas, what if Hamas said, well, we've been uh, targeted by the IDF, and so we're going to go in, and if there's civilian casualties, then so be it. Nobody would accept that. Mm -hmm. It would be 24-hour nightly news, yeah. right? And that's the other thing, that's the other thing that, that cracks me up about the way that this is covered, because look at how bloodthirsty 
and even deranged yeah. some of the Israeli military commanders are when they get on screen. Yeah. They have bloodlust in their eyes. They mm -hmm. talk about they talk about grinding Gaza into dust and mm -hmm. they talk about not letting anything survive and they talk about all these things. If a single if they had a quote from a single Hamas militant saying anything close to that, mm -hmm. it would be nonstop coverage. It would be nonstop coverage. It'd be plastered they, everywhere. Yeah. It'd be plastered everywhere, but they can't do it. Here's the face of barbarity right in front of you, mm -hmm. but because we also pair it with sob stories about their dogs and their, you know, cafes or whatever mm -hmm. it is, now all of a sudden that this is something that we accept. Alamastan. Uh like you said, everyone the past two weeks has been, you know, glued to their phones, you know, catching up with what's happening. I'll tell you what I haven't caught up with. Mm. The latest hospital uh, uh, bombing. Is this another hoax that we're coming upon, that they did it to themselves, that they were using it for a weapons depot, mm -hmm. that they were using it um, for hostages, that they did it to themselves to make Israel look bad? The amount of stories that have and come out regarding the hospital hoax that, well, it's not even a hoax. It, it, well, now they're saying it didn't even happen. It was the parking lot and 500 people didn't die. The right. number of stories that have come out uh, that are complete polar opposite to one another, constant changing is more than any other of these hoaxes and stories. I haven't been able to catch up. Can you give us, what do you, what is the latest you caught up with in terms of the truth about the hospital bombing? Um, I read a really good thread on Twitter today that was from uh, someone with an Italian first name, that's all I can remember, mm -hmm. <laughs> who was going into the, the ammunitions sort of uh, possibilities and, and, you know, which types of missiles leave craters and which don't and what you can expect and these sorts of things. Um, but I'll, I'll highlight two things before even getting into that. One is that I've noticed distinctively the um, people pointing out the history of sort of like the, the character of the witness. Right. If you have Qadat, right. If you mm. have a, a courtroom mm. setting, you understand that there's a, a character portrait or a character witness, somebody who comes and they say, well, this is what this person is known for. So yep. if somebody is known for telling the truth, then that person's testimony is taken in a different way than if somebody is known for lying or exaggerating. Israel, the IDF, the Israeli government has a clear, not just history, an addiction to lying, to murdering people and lying mm -hmm. about it. The Christian Palestinian woman, the journalist who was murdered, they did the exact same thing. They murdered her in cold blood. They denied it. They blamed the Palestinians. Then eventually they kind of, uh, you know, introduced a bunch of different narratives. And then down the line, they admitted to it. Back when they, you know, in previous sort of escalations, they've done the same thing with schools and hospitals where they bombed them. They killed tons of civilians. They denied it. They blamed the Palestinians, they blame this faction, that faction, um, and then eventually down the road they deny it after sort of the moment sort of has passed. So if you look at the playbook, the playbook makes you at, at the very least suspect that Israel is acting fishy. In addition to all of the sort of revisionism that's going on in the tweets of official spokespeople for the IDF, like you've seen people that they were actually bragging and taking credit for it at first in the first few moments of the attack and then those quickly got deleted which usually were, when the truth comes out yes exactly and there were video supposed videos once they they peddled and pivoted towards actually no this was hamas or this was pij or this was this group or that group um and they posted a supposed video with three separate videos supposedly demonstrating 
that this was done by the Palestinians to themselves, um, either by accident or on purpose. Then every, one by one, those videos were demonstrated to be false, that they were from 2022 or they were from previous years. And so then the idea, these people actually edited their tweets to remove the videos that they had actually posted to corroborate their details. Mm. What does that tell you? Yeah. There, was, there was somebody, I think the, the Twitter account was called Farida Khan or something like this, claiming to be an Al Jazeera English correspondent claiming that she saw with her own eyes eyewitness account a rocket that was fired from the from a palestinian faction that hit the that hit the hospital yep. al jazeera comes out and says we don't know who this person is this person is not one of us look at the type where are the lies coming from like yeah. where what in what direction who's trying to cover their tracks right if you're you know if you're not caught red-handed but you're caught with crumbs in your mouth Right. Yep. Then I'm going to suspect you of eating the last cookie in the cookie jar. Right. And that's the situation that we have here. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing, subhanAllah, I've been really amazed by all of the Bosnian brothers and sisters that have spoken up throughout the duration of this conflict and how they've said that this is exactly the different tricks that the Serbians used against us mm. in the 90s. Like when it comes to the safe zones, the UN, supposed UN safe zones, obviously with Srebrenica, right? This is exactly what happened, but particular to the, the, the hospital um, calamity, when it comes to blaming us Every single time the Serbs attacked us, the Bosnians said they would blame us. They said we're attacking our own our own people, these animals, these bloodthirsty savages. They attacked their own people, this group and this group. Like so this is a well-known propaganda trick. When it comes to the actual sort of forensic evidence, these things are unfolding. I've been in meetings all afternoon. I haven't checked my, my phone and, and updates since probably eleven o'clock this morning. But the last that I saw, um, there is severe doubt that the type of explosion that occurred at the hospital could have possibly been done if you even forget about all that we've said about the revisionism and the editing of tweets and the all stuff that when it comes to the capacities the military capacities of the uh, of the forces that are in gaza that there is significant doubt that this could have been done by their capacity compared with the types of weaponry that the idf is known to to have in addition to the fact that they two days before or in the in the two days leading up to it the idf said that they were going to bomb the hospital they warned the hospital to evacuate because yeah. they were going to bomb it yeah so you tell me yeah you tell me who who has the shadow of suspicion over them i think that it's we have everything except the the last piece again according to the last thing that i've read we have everything except the like confession and everything except you know the the the, the final in, incontrovertible piece of evidence but all signs seem to point to uh the the suspects or the aggressors in this situation so they said they were going to bomb it they told everyone to evacuate yeah and they took credit for the bombing immediately yeah. then pulled yeah. down that tweet omar yeah. if you could if you could look that up it's probably somewhere in our whatsapp that they literally said it it's translated from arabic they have one that's in english uh, where they said that they did it, then took it down, then created all sorts of stories. And today's story is a complete um, uh, gaslighting of the whole world by saying 500 people didn't die. And it was yeah. just a parking lot explosion. Right. So you're literally gaslighting the whole world um, in, in, in with this, this yeah. uh, catastrophe, which is worse than all the other ones. Because the other two, the other yeah. two hoaxes were accusations of themselves getting killed yes exactly. now the script is turned the numbers are far greater 
the target is far more vulnerable. The whole world doesn't expect accept this. And we have tons of evidence that it happened and that you did it. So this one is the worst of all. And in a, in a democratic world that we live in with information, the information war is a critical part of the battle. Yep. And s- regular citizens ha- have a role to play in this. It's not like you can't do anything. Jake Shields, which is a fighter, has been one of the best yep. online at exposing yep. these ho- hoaxes. And the guy is just a fighter. right? He has, yeah. he has no dog in the fight. Neither is he Jewish nor Palestinian. right? Mm-hmm. He's literally like a MMA guy, a retired MMA guy. There are a lot of people out there who have been um, just came, came out of the woodworks exposing the lies of the enemy in democratic societies such as the United States. Yeah, people and that's move. our greatest hope. That's I think that's our greatest hope is that mm-hmm. there's still enough people who care about the truth and that information has been democratized to an unprecedented level. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's completely, obviously, if you're on a meta platform, it's much more heavily censored than a non-meta platform. Um, even YouTube, I was watching <laughs> I was watching Al Jazeera News Live uh, in Arabic, and they have yep. a, a thing that you have to read. <laughs> it says, it's cited from Wikipedia, you know, the, the grand source of all that is objective and holy, Wikipedia. Yeah. And it said that Al Jazeera is completely or partly funded by the Qatari uh, yeah. Sovereign Wealth Fund. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. okay, very good. So everybody has their disclaimers. Everybody has their context mm-hmm. and, and, and their spin, yeah. you know, but... Everybody also has much more of a voice and much more of a platform. And so even if your platform is just the 10 people around you or the 20 people around you or your group of friends, your group of colleagues, your group of college, you know, classmates, your group of, you know, people that you see at work, that's your audience, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody has the ability to change hearts and minds. Most people want to do what's right, I hope. Most people care about truth and justice. And if we continue to prove that the that truth and justice is on the side of the Palestinians, and I think, inshallah, we have more hope than we've ever had with the particular um, Zionist aggression in Palestine of getting something really special um, done. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. I mean, uh, and when you have a platform, you have a lot of ability to do a lot of amazing things or big things. Simultaneously, you're oftentimes not a fair arbiter because you have too many ties to the world. You have too much, you have sources of income, you have donors or investors. Daily Wire is one of these examples. It's a massive operation. It's now being revealed that its funding is coming from very high ups in Israel. He's literally a mouthpiece for Israel now. And I think now people are starting to realize that this guy cannot talk about Israel at all. He's financially tied to them. He's already, we know he's personally tied to them yeah. uh, uh, himself as a Jew. So at that point, people like, you know, people saying here, Sam Hinkle, Jake Shields, uh, who? Jackson Hinkle, uh, Ryan Dawson, Keith Woods. One of the reasons for this is that when someone outside the realm of influence or connection, says the truth just as you said earlier there is a a kind of analysis of of character witness when the truth comes from an outsider it actually is more valuable yeah right prophet said i love to hear the truth from other than myself when a christian came and reported that he saw the dajjad the same exact he didn't say the word dajjad but he described what the prophet had described to the sahaba and that was timmy madari and he was a christian at the time when he saw what he saw 
And it was exactly what the Prophet told his Sahaba about. And the Prophet's comment on that is, I'd love to hear the truth from other than myself. Because it, it, it adds to it in the minds of people. So people who have, an who, who have an, a, a, a platform have a lot of power, but their, take as a, their, their accounts as witnesses is not as strong as strangers out there, people who are completely disconnected, who are now bringing the truth because they have no uh, ties to it. And what yeah. I'm seeing here and what we have to see here is that you're on the losing side of history if you're pro-Israel in this, in this yeah. world. As I said yesterday's live stream, the Jewish uh, st story to me is in three parts. The first part, what's happening, Omar? You good? Is, your, is his mic on? Turn his mic on. The first part is in Europe, and they were truly the victims. The second part was a gray area, was in the British mandate, when they're coming as settler, settlers who hope to colonize, fighting a colonizer who doesn't hope to settle. Like, yep. neither of you are, you're the same. There's no victim yep. here. The, what the Jews did to the British, the Zionists did to the British, and the British did to them, it's sort of a gray area. There's not one particular person who's innocent or guilty. Now, the Zionists has taken over Palestine. Now they went from victim to villain. And everything they do to the people, to the Palestinian people, go watch the videos of people like Benny Morris, early time before he retracted everything, and Ilan Pepe. They're going to talk a lot about the oral history. And we showed videos of the genocidal mindset of, of these people. Now, uh, do you think that the, have, from what you've been hearing, that American troops are ever going to touch grounds in Gaza? Because um, at that point, yeah, right. you're now, you're cheerleading them on, you're paying for it, that's one thing. Right. Actually physically going is a whole other story. Okay. Well, uh, I'll answer this, and then unfortunately I have to sign off because I have to go teach a class. But No um, problem. But um, uh, this isn't my area of expertise. I'm a political theorist. I'm not a political analyst such as someone like uh, Sammy Hamdi or, or someone like that. Um, so take it with a grain of salt. But I would be, I would be shocked. I think that it would, um, it would be immensely unpopular. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that right now, uh, and this is largely taking from other political analysts' sort of uh, analysis of everything unfolding, um, there definitely there's an interest to have de-escalation, right? Because remember that before all this was going on, the hope was for normalization. Mm -hmm. The further that things escalate, the more that normalization is going to be very, very difficult after yep. the fact, yep. right? You saw how Saudi Arabia turned off of the turned away or turned back from the precipice of normalization, and now public opinion is so in the favor of, of Gaza and, and Palestine that. You know, they have an emergency meeting right now in Jeddah, right? Who knows? Maybe it won't amount to anything, but we can hope. Maybe the public opinion will continue to be very loud and continue to advocate to the point where it forces their hand, where they're going to do something economically, they're going to do anything. Who knows, right? So I think that uh, the, the long game for both Israel and for the United States, they want normalization of ties, normalization of commerce, normalization of, of sort of military cooperation. And the further and further it escalates, I think that the more and more that that's off the table. So I would, I would be surprised if you saw boots on the ground. I think it would be very, very unpopular. 
I think it would help put fuel on the flames of the narratives that we've been talking about, about how this doesn't make sense from an America first mindset. This doesn't make sense from a humanitarian mindset. This doesn't make sense from, from a lot of different sort of avenues. Um, you can't necessarily tell how much saber rattling is completely accurate. Obviously, Iran has been doing a lot of saber rattling recently. Um, Turkey also today, Erdogan said, if you don't stop it, we will. Again, that could just be empty words, but who knows? So mm -hmm. I don't think I would be surprised. I'd be surprised if we saw that type of escalation from the United States. And we we hope it doesn't get to that. But we we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he um, that he demonstrates in a clear way his power and his might and that he makes the truth apparent from the falsehood and that he helps the I mean, people of Philistine and makes them victorious. I mean, uh, I'm just closing remarks. I'd be surprised if they continue this because they're looking terrible uh, and this normalization is going further away from them. And I don't even see that it's a war anymore because yeah. when was the last time you heard of anything coming against Israel? Everything is one directional now. If they want to turn this thing off, I think they could turn this thing off on the spot. Right. Um, so they're probably weighing whether we want to swallow up as much as Gaza and eliminate a million people out of the country. Right. That's one thing that they could have. The second thing is turn this thing off quickly and go back to normalization. It's all about what they prioritize, right? Because they could turn yeah. this thing off and end it immediately. There's, there's not a right. war happening anymore. It's no, a one-sided no, operation. Yeah, it's a massacre. So, thank you for coming on. Right, Inshallah, our uh, political theory correspondent uh, that we'd love to have you on again for more insight anytime you want. But sure. ten, five, ten minutes even uh, to share your insights with our audience. They love hearing from you. Jazakallah khairan. You can watch all of Imam Tom's stuff on the Utica Masjid YouTube channel, on his own social media pages, and now on Yaqeen. Very uh, nicely done videos. Uh, on uh, uh, various subjects on Yaqeen Institute's website and YouTube channel. Thanks a lot, Imam Tom. Jazakallah khair. We'll see you soon. All right, this absolutely disgusting cover of the New York Times. Seriously, one of the low points in U.S. history. U.S. and Israel blame Palestine group, Palestinian group, for hospital blast. One of the most disgusting articles you're ever going to see. Okay. With Biden, who should not be doing anything, going uh, to Israel to support uh, Netanyahu, and he's completely absurd. It's completely absurd what's happening. It's a terrible representation of any country if a man who is clearly not able to do anything not able to assess any piece of information, fact or fiction. And he's saying, he goes there sitting down next to Netanyahu and saying, yeah, we heard of the bomb blast and we know the other team did it. Are you, we know the other team did it. What are you talking about, right? Uh, it's, an, it's an outrageous, uh, here he is. Biden affirms evidence backing Israel's denial how, what what is he affirming? What does he see at all? This is one of the most frustrating things you ever see. The day after a deadly blast killed hundreds of people at a Gaza City hospital, Biden met with Netanyahu and supported Israel's assertion that it had nothing to do with the explosion. Now you are um, you're now somebody who 
can affirm or deny anything. All right. Outrage grew over a blast that ripped through a Gaza hospital, making a rare... This is a complete gaslighting of the world. I'm telling you, we're gaslighting the world with this nonsense. Okay. And the Israeli military puts forward its version, and the New York Times is complicit in genocide. What are you reporting? Literally reporting one side. You are complicit in genocide. um, You're literally the first three, four, five articles is the Israel story on the hospital, okay? Israel, next story. I'm just scrolling through the stories. I'm not even reading them. Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, Gilan, forcefully criticized the Security Council for not condemning Hamas's attack, okay? Uh, something that is just infuriating and absurd, and this is exactly why People are leaving mainstream media. You're not a trustworthy source. You're extremely biased. Okay? Not a trustworthy source at all. Okay? It's almost like these they, they suddenly in wartime become state media. Okay? And we have to go through random people who are screenshotting, you know, things that got taken down, IDF tweets that were taken down. And that's a probably a more reliable, becomes more reliable source of knowledge. And information. Okay. Bloody blankets and lots of bodies at a devastated hospital. We've never lived through a war this intense, said one Palestinian journalist who captured the aftermath of the blast. Okay. Cars are charred in the parking lot. Devastating impact of the Ahli Arab Hospital in Gaza City on Tuesday became clear on Wednesday through videos posted to social media. Emergency workers were collecting bodies. There are still lots of bodies they haven't collected. Okay. And you're going to go and um, try to flip this in one of the most remarkable, audacious, and absurd explanations uh, of anything that you'll ever see. Telling people that your own people bombed your own hospital. Uh, hundreds of victims with complex injuries. Okay. The wounded are, will die because of severe shortages, they're saying. All right, and we have videos here of wounded people just sitting around uh, anywhere, wherever they are. The Palestinian journalist, uh, Muatasim Murtaja, captured a chaotic scene at Ashifa Hospital. There's an Ahli Hospital, Ashifa Hospital. Okay. Posting med- uh, videos to social media of screaming children in bloodied clothing. Even the New York Times has no choice but to resort to Twitter and social media, and mo- mainly it's Twitter. Let- Give credit where credit is due. If it were not for Elon Musk allowing this stuff, we would not know anything. Zuckerberg, of course, blocking out everything from Instagram and from Facebook. Google, okay, blocking out everything from YouTube. TikTok is blocking everything out. Give credit where credit is due. If you didn't have Musk allowing for this stuff, what, where would we get our information from? Or, you know, these, the, these, these sources... These direct sources 
uh, uh, footage and everything. Ahmad, what do you have to say? Alhamdulillah, yeah, I think one other thing is, uh, as Omar uh, is about to put up, mm -hmm. we have, uh, working with the, the charity that we're working with, we got a lot of insight from on the ground directly, you know. I think That's been very, very important for us. To be able to, to feel that we have someone on the ground through a charity that I repeat has been authorized by the United Kingdom. Okay. Which is very important because the spy world and the spy games have started up again in the United States. Uh, there are people coming into our chat groups now who are complete unknowns. We're closing down all our chat groups. Complete unknowns. We trace them. We find that the phone number links to a different name, to a person in law enforcement sometimes. You don't know if it's, you know, this person is genuinely sincere or they're gathering information. So be very cautious out there what you say and where you put your money. But let, how much are we now in, the, in our Gaza campaign? How much have we raised so far? So far we have raised... We're at 7,458 pounds. Hey, if... We can get it to 7,500 pounds today. That would be good. So I sent the link in the chat. Um, I also put it on top. Uh, yeah, Very good. Top for Instagram to see. And people can... Uh, for, so for anyone that's re-watching this like, on demand, then okay, you can good. see the link on top as well. Uh, Amma, you want to do the honors? And I'll go through the slides. And yeah, yeah, alhamdulillah. There uh, have been some of these hot meals that are being distributed that you see on the screen right here. This is uh, that they were able to, <laughs> with, your, with your charity and whatnot, you were able to... Go ahead and hand out to the people of Gaza. You know, there's very limited food coming through and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So this is a very Mubarak, uh, inshallah, mm -hmm. a lot of ajr coming from this, you know. Uh, I don't even know where they're even getting food. <laughs> yeah. Ajib. Uh, uh, how are they getting in and stuff? Yeah. But let's go through the pictures now. Again, they got a lot of food giving out in the back uh, of a truck. Next. All right, mashallah. This is like probably yesterday footage not even 24 hours we get in direct footage from grt which is global relief trust and well. mm -hmm. again grt has we have team suicide has teamed up with grt as our official charity of choice next and there you have it direct footage from the funding that we're sending over to this uk um authorized charity next it's really you guys that are sending it yeah. yeah, this is our Mashallah. philosophy. We like to work with people that you know, like they. You put the money, and then you see where the money goes. Give me something right away. I need to see meat and potatoes right away. I don't need to see something that's going to come back to me in a report thirty months later, right? Where I, there's no connection. I need a connection, no, right? No. That's the key. Is the connection here? And here you have it. That um, it's going straight to these folks who, who I don't even know where they're getting their food from. Is there is there any uh, ability for people to drive outside Gaza to get supplies? They're keeping their silsila uh, confidential. They they, ha they have a, a track and they're keeping it quiet so that maybe they uh, it doesn't get disrupted if they were to probably no, speak no. of it. But that's your update for today. Uh, some pictures of some children. You see GRT on the back of his vest. What's next? Uh, very good, mashallah. Uh, and back to the first one. So we're at. If we can get to 7,500 today, because all I ask every time someone watches a stream, whether you watch it live or a recording, I don't ask for 500 pounds, 300 pounds. What is better 
is the constant nonstop stream of three pounds here, four pounds there, five pounds here, six pounds there, 15 pounds there, 10 pounds there. We rely upon regular people, okay, to be giving regular sadaqah. You buy stuff for yourself regularly. You buy gas, you buy coffee, the little bits. You know that people, if they didn't drink coffee, they probably have extra 5,000 bucks at the end of the year, right? Okay, so little, the little things that is consistent. Be a consistent giver. Four pounds here, five pounds there, right? Sheikh Nas, someone's asking here if this is considered sadaqah. Is it considered sadaqah? 100% it's considered sadaqah. And if we had a confirmation, it's not considered zakah because he's not giving money to the people. No. He's giving food, supplies, so it's sadaqah. Zakah has to be given in kind. Okay, When you give zakah, you have to give it cash to the poor right away. So <clears throat> they're right now focusing on the ambulance service that they have. No, which we saw footage me. from him yesterday, yep. driving around the ambulance for people to the hospital. What an amazing khidma this man is doing. This oh, man right. is doing ibadah that yeah. we cannot even dream of doing. He's at the epicenter of the balat right now, and driving around. And then the other gentleman we saw his picture today is passing out the food, no. right? You cannot imagine that uh, uh, the malaika that surrounds such people to do such work and we can have a part of it by facilitating it through our donations. And there's not a lot to tell us in the Quran, get together in bir, get together in taqwa. And the Prophet used to hold fundraisers. He used to fundraise for, to, to feed the soldiers, to, to supply the soldiers. And some one Sahabi came with half a date. That's all he had. Okay, so let's refresh that and see if we hit the 7,500 or not. We want to hit 7,500 today. So we're not even asking. Oh, we passed it. We're now at 7,879 pounds in the appeal. That's good. So maybe by the end of today, we're going to get to 8,000 by the end of today. Let's say again. Yeah, I just want to point out to the people asking on Instagram for the link. Uh, Unfortunately, like not only is the Instagram layout kind of messed up, Mm -hmm. that's just the nature of Instagram live. But uh, I can't uh, send it either, uh, the link over there. So if you want to get more information, just come on the YouTube uh, comments. Okay, go to YouTube. And it's, it's basically the GRT. I wonder if you just put it in the tab, GRT Safina Society, if it would come up. Yeah. So I put it on the screen uh, as well. And I also put it in the comments. Okay, but, good. You know, Instagram cuts out a lot of the videos. So. Very good, very good. Um, such a disgusting uh, coverage by the New York Times. Okay. Hamas uses its citizens to protect Hamas. I mean, Kirk, this guy Kirk in uh, the, 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 the Patrick but David Pot, get him off and get him to stop talking about Israel. He is such a homer. And he's saying Hamas uses its citizens, okay, to protect its citizens, uh, to protect Hamas, whereas Israel uses the IDF to protect its citizens. You are just uh, it's so silly, to be honest. We are so good, you are so bad. It's so silly. It's ridiculous. Hamas, what, what do they have? What does Palestine have except themselves? Do you think they have an army? And, and they're using their citizens to protect uh, themselves. Where are you getting your information from? Myths, hoaxes, and lies. And honestly, Patrick but David, get him off. Seriously, get him off. Uh, look at this. All right. The comments are just 
they're laughing him off the program. All right. Lost a lot of respect for the PBD podcast for putting this guy on. All right. What's his name again? Kirk something. Charlie Kirk. Right. He is so he's not an intellectual at all. He's well, look at this guy saying one by one. I'm unfollowing the amount of respect I lost for you guys. Okay. Uh, he debates it's insane. It's insane. He the the naivete and the the intellectual level is a zero. So why why is he giving him a voice? It must be to please investors. That's all I could see because there's he's not bringing anything useful to the program. He's probably a buddy of his, right? They probably make money together, someone, some venture, and he's got to give him a voice. That's how you thank your friends. You give him a voice. That's the only logic. Okay, you're just having one guy, which is. SOS Talks Money, that's his name of his handle, Charlie Kirk. I think it's Charlie Kirk, right? Who's completely biased with Israel. This is just a poster. right? PVD Podcast, you were were just before, but now you're deviating. Another person, this guy is a harm to the PVD Podcast. You guys should invite a pro-Palestine person if you're really honest. Next person says, I'm unfollowing. Okay. It just really goes back to the whole conservative, liberal stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. you know how people are always defending conservatives, like, uh, especially, you know, uh, some people that are leaning towards yeah. Islam. But it's like these guys talk about, you know, anti-wokeism and, mm-hmm. you know, where truth there is and everything. Yeah, you yeah, the yeah. Biggest, uh, On the biggest stage, you're accepting every story that you sheep. get out there. Biggest sheep. Biggest sheep. On the big, exactly what Imam Tom said. I mean, look at this regular guy, Alex J. Gaggio. He's not an Arab or anything. Wow. At least it's not one-sided at all. He's being sarcastic. So disappointing. Okay. Regular people are not stupid. Uh, Changrita, PBD, lost, you lost me, I'm unfollowing. Fake news, I used to trust this page. Uh, it's exactly what Imam Tom said. On everything, the media is a, lying, is, is a liar. It's fake news. Yet now, on the biggest stage, we're, everything's okay. We're accepting every story that comes in with no evidence. Let's take a few minutes for comments from the uh, YouTube page. Okay. Uh, someone's talking about how, you know, these uh, S-Pub guys, mm-hmm. Palestinians, Mushrikeen. Um, yeah, the, some of the Salafis have just, they've just lost their minds. Like saying stuff like, these are political matters to be between the sultans. What are you talking about? You are so off. Another one. Uh, we're seeing people uh, talk, bring, make mention, more mention of Salah al-Din these days than Allah himself. Or we're seeing people do fasts. This is a, a, an innovation. Wait, to worship Allah in order to get a dua answered. That's now an innovation? Because some people out there are doing a group fast on Thursday for the sake of the Palestinian cause. Don't you ever hear of something called التوسل amal That we do a deed, a good deed, for the sake of Allah that he answers our prayer? One of these guys, they, they also approve of tawassul bil-amal. They cannot ex- reject There's it because a, of the hadith of the rock. Exactly. The three yeah. youth that were trapped behind the rock. One youth said, I did this good deed. If, oh, Allah, if I did it for your sake, move the rock. And it moved a little bit until they were freed when the three of them did that. So you're seeing this hakimiyah 
the hakimia concept is that we submit everything to the ruler. You never talk politics. You never talk about the matter. So these people are now going silent. One of them even left social media. But if you have your pants, you know, two inches below your ankle or you celebrate, you know, the Melod or something like that, they will be all over you because we have to purify the ranks. But Israel bombing the lights out of the Palestinians is these are matters of the sultans. Straight right? signs of Nifat. And the kings. Straight monafics. Straight sign of Nifat. And then, uh, like this needs a diagnosis. OSD, obsessive shirt disorder. Yes, <laughs> obsessive. Like, you, would you guy, believe? For who? This guy, I, I don't want to make any, mention any names, right? But everyone knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. He's like, oh, uh, you know, we can't uh, call for Salahuddin because it's shirk. You're calling for a, uh, someone who's not alive. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> These guys are in such a la la land that. The, Nahu, the whole yeah. point of Nahu is to understand like the formation of a sentence in yep. like in a language. And what you meant by they can't it. do that in English or in Arabic. It's quite surprising, you know. Would you believe someone has the nerve to say this is happening to the Palestinians because they fell into shirk? Okay, where is there? Where are you getting that? And honestly, these jokes and these people who are jokes really are um, completely discredited for the next decade, unless they make it up somehow. Right. All right, let's we're taking questions on the subject matter. All right. On this subject matter. Why don't Egyptians take in these migrants? Take in the Palestinians. Um the question is always you got to look at it that taking them in I don't know which way to put this. Because when someone comes out and says, we will take in Palestinian, you know, refugees. Hold on a second. So you are accepting of them to be attacked and killed and removed from their homes. Now you're turning around to try to be a good guy and be the nice guy and say, we'll accept you in our homes. It's like watching a guy get carjacked. You don't call 911. You start explaining, well... Yeah, the guy did try to run him over. Maybe he does have a right to defend himself. The carjacker has a right to defend himself. Okay. And then finally, after the carjacking goes really bad, and you get totally pummeled, and your car gets stolen, now you want to turn around and say, you know, I'll take you. Where were you going? I'll take you. This type of thing is not sitting well with me at all. That's number one. Number two, the Arabs... They're completely bought and sold puppets. And they're been they're like, no, 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 no. We don't want anything to do with Palestinian refugees. Our country is nice and safe as it is. Well, let me tell you this. I think if you take that perspective, the hell is going to reach your country next. In some way, shape, and form. You, it's got to be like that. What goes around comes around. It's got to be in some way, shape, and form that you refuse to help somebody. Okay. Knocking on your doors. Jordan is refusing. Egypt is refusing. What's their logic? They just don't want to help. They imagine that they can't help, right? Um, I got to say, it's going to come back to your... It's going to come back to you. This cannot continue. And they're saying, hey, what does Egypt know about Hamas and about Palestinians that we don't know? They're trying to say, look, Palestinian, Hamas are so bad. You think the refugees are Hamas? Refugees are Palestinian people. The refugees are not Hamas, right? 
The refugee is a regular Palestinian people. Okay. So. He's trying to leverage this like aid from like an aid package uh-huh. from the, the U.S. And is that the, the angle? That's so, one of the angles that they're playing. They're saying that we're not going to accept these refugees until the U.S. Pays for it. Pays for it. We are a pathetic ummah. We are a pitiful joke. A joke. Really a joke. This is what happens when you try to angle for like, mm-hmm. you're so worried about the, the asbab, yep. like the economic, how, how are we going to take care of these people? How are we going to let this out? X, Y, Z. Yeah. And you're less focused on the Rada of Allah. You know, like that's... Uh, no concept of, if you do something good to somebody, don't you think Allah's going to help you? Allah's not watching. This has to be policy. It should be policy. It should be government policy. Muslims who run companies, Muslims who run organizations, the laws that Allah has put in his book are policies, okay? The spiritual laws. What goes around comes around, all right? مَا نَقَصَ مَالُ مِنْ صَدَقَ said the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. إِن تُقْرِدُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا يُضَعِفُ لَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ وَمَا يَنْصُرُ اللَّهَ يَنْصُرُ Okay? إِن تَنْصُرُ اللَّهَ يَنْصُرُكُمْ Okay? Whoever... Uh, uh, gives a loan to Allah Allah multiplies it back for you They don't have any of this And they're com- it's complete Seems like it's it's operated With a completely secular or jahili um, Attitude Towards this Okay <sighs> Does wearing Nikes equate to denying Tawheed Does, Bi- Bison is going nuts about These guys Talking about uh, Salahuddin just mentioning oh remember the days of Salahuddin oh we wish we had have someone like Salahuddin that that this Ferris guy is now saying this is shit calling on I mean Bison has a we're all going crazy like he is right it's uh, such an insane angle to take when your brothers and sisters are getting blown to bits and that is your analysis that's your reaction I didn't. We didn't put up. We're not going to put up his tweet, which is you just laugh at it. And unfortunately, he's screenshotted, and it's going to be held against him forever, right? Think about this means to say we need Salahuddin. Like, what is what is the actual meaning of the sentence? Yeah, exactly. It's not saying that. It's saying that we want. We're, we pray that Allah sends us a leader. Yes. Who unites the Muslim Ummah, right? Yeah. And then it goes ahead. Allah provides his, his asbab to his his rahma. You know, like people who don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about. Uh, a joke of a tweet. I'm not going to say a joke of a person, just so I don't disrespect him. But his tweet is a joke. Uh, he said, "Muslim keeps saying we need a Salahuddin. Where are you, right? Salahuddin, meaning, where are you, leadership? Where is our leadership? Where is somebody that Allah is going to send us to save us from this?" And he's saying, "Because of this, the Palestinians have fell into shirk, as if every Palestinian like said it, right? Like one person said it." Uh, and as a result of that, Allah's victory is not going to come. The next thing is all the Muslims want to fast together on Thursday in hope that Allah answers their prayer. Tawassul by actions. I do a good act of worship. We pray to Allah. To, as That's an offering, right? He's saying this is a bid'ah. What's clearly it's not a bid'ah. What was the third thing that he mentioned? He said something about something being haram. I forgot. Yeah. Well, I mean, like free mixing or something. Oh, oh, he's saying that free mixing, free mixing. You're at war. You are at war and people are going running for food. Right. Or people going to a march in a public place in the United States. 
Where is your brain? Yeah. And that is your take after all that you've seen. That's what you have to talk about. Something's wrong with this person. It's like Suwa Dhan throwing a little bit of waswasa. Oh my god. And now that justifies now. That's why you're losing. Like, okay, you said Yasir Ahuddin. Automatically, you're, you think that he's Ilaha Astaghfirullah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's basically what they're Let's doing. try to interpret it in the worst way possible. Worst way possible. Let's actually look at the guy who's getting pummeled. The ummah that's getting pummeled. Don't don't think that this doesn't have a negative psychological impact on every Muslim who's watching this. And he's like, our side of things is getting pummeled, right? And now let's look for every possible mistake uh, that they're making and call them out on it rather than directing our attention to the one that's actually um, abusing Helpless people in Philistine. I just want to like put the cherry on the, the cake, whatever. Yeah. You know, people are going to say, oh, you guys are causing fitna now. Why are you talking? No, this is good because this is stress this relief. This is exposing like the munafiqeen, basically. Yeah. Right? Munafi- the, the, these people need to be called out, especially in times like this. It's not, it's not us being divisive or schismatic. No, no, no this is stress relief because you see something like this and your blood boils. To I got to talk about it because it's just such a. Um, uh, idiotic thing to say. We need to expose these guys. A great example in the khutbah. Yeah. Um, last week where you mentioned that in the time of Fir'aun. Yeah. It's not Bani Israel was not being called out for like, oh, why were you not like mm, doing this? Exactly. Following this specific hukum. Yeah. It's only after they were freed or mm-hmm. after Musa Islam took them away from from Fir'aun that they started being criticized. Exactly. And was it, for example, that? They suddenly had all these bad qualities after being saved. Because if you look at Surah Al-Baqarah and you look at the story of the Pharaoh, anytime the, the, the Bani Israel are under the tyranny of the Pharaoh, they are never criticized. Go to Surah Al-Baqarah when in, most, in the Surah Al-Baqarah they're in the desert. Pharaoh has been drowned. It is a nonstop criticism of Bani Israel. So what happened all of a sudden? When they crossed the Red Sea, they became, they became terrible. Before the Red Sea, they were innocent? No. You can be a victim of oppression and have many bad qualities. But because you're a victim of oppression, it is not becoming to criticize the victim and try to fix the victim when you have a big pharaoh oppressing them. Okay, And that's the lesson we learn from the Qur'an. Bani Israel is never, not once, criticized while they're in Egypt as victims. Okay, Only afterwards, and Allah saved them completely, now he has the right to set them straight and point out this mistake, that mistake, etc. Unreal. People today showing their true... And I'm surprised because one thing that unifies every Muslim, even like in America... I don't see anybody deviating from the pro-Palestine uh, uh, front. Like, Shia, Sunni, liberals, hardcore liberals. Okay, everybody is on the same page. How you now go to in the Arab world and they don't have this? It's very strange. Or it's just it's a minority anyway. But, Subhanallah. Um, huh? The Chinese are criticizing this hospital attack. The French, even. I mean, with the, the moment the French speak up, you know you've done something really bad because these people, no one despises Muslims, probably, I think, maybe even more than Israelis. 
right? Jews and Muslims' conflict is only about 100 years old. French-Muslim conflict dates back 1,300 years. Like the very first wave of Muslims who went to Andalus and up, they stopped at France, and some of them say that they just sort of ran out of gas. Some said it was a cloudy place that wasn't worthy of conquest. I don't know if that's the case because that shouldn't be the intention, right? But for whatever reason, they stopped at France. They never advanced past France, okay? And then uh, from that time onwards, the French have had their view of Muslims and it's been entrenched for 1,300 years or more, okay? What is the name of a foreigner in Arabic? We call him an Afranji. means a Frank, means a Frenchman, okay? Because the French then came down during the Crusades and they're all, but mostly were French. Mostly they were French, some British, some Germans, some Italians, but mostly they were French. And that's why in Lebanon, you have so many French names they're descendants of these crusaders. Catholicism, the Maronite sects of Christianity, they report back to the Pope, right? They're under the Pope. They are Catholics. There are direct Catholics and there are Maronite Catholics. From where did these Catholics come from? Because the, the, the old world had Orthodox Christian, not Catholics. Catholics is the, the Western Orthodox. The Arabs always had Eastern Orthodox Christians, in their, in their lands, the Byzantine lands, okay? Syria, Palestine, Egypt, always had Eastern Orthodox sects of Christianity. Where did the Western Orthodox come from? Catholics. It came from the French invasions, right? And they were settler colonizers just like Israel is, all right? They came in, they said, this is our country because of the sacred history with Jesus, right? And they came in, they set up four kingdoms, they're called the Latin kingdoms. They took four cities. Of course, Jerusalem being the biggest one, the most important one, and the bloodiest battle of all. Okay, The bloodiest battle of all being Jerusalem. All right? So uh, they didn't last 88 years. 88 years they were knocked out. Okay? And then they, they stayed around. They hung around causing some trouble. But otherwise they were washed away. All right? What, how many years are now we on Israel and Gaza? Uh, Israel, uh, from 1948 to now, how many years we're talking? We're hitting 75 now? 78? It's crazy. Also, the Chinese support. There's a thing, there's a, you were mentioning there was a poll that one of these uh, Chinese social media influencers put out, right? He yeah. Had like over a million followers on one of his. Who? Uh, there's, there's a Chinese social media influencer. Okay. What's over a million uh it's in Chinese. It's in Chinese. Okay. <laughs> but he, uh, he put out a survey and he had like over 40,000 responses come in wow. from his followers. Wow. Of that, only 2% mm-hmm. supported Israel. Wow. 98% agreed with the statement that Palestinian civilians are the victims of violence, mm-hmm. cutting off of electricity and water and airstrikes are trampling on international law. So it's very interesting. First, I think there's two things you can draw from this. Right? If you look at, for example, take the French example. Mm-hmm. You have a country that's putting on the burqa ban. Yep. You have a country that's that's doing the dhulm and you have the Chinese who are doing the dhulm of the, of the, the Uyghurs. Uyghurs. Yep. Right? Even their populace, yep. right, which is not influenced as much by this Western media bias. They have their own. 
they grassroots own, hatred. Exactly. Right? They have their own hate. But even despite that, they, they're able to see like the reality. They're the able situation. to see the truth. Nobody's going to imagine that uh, this hospital bombing was self-inflicted. It's absurd, right? So the Chinese who have their own take on Muslims have now risen here as uh, Ahmad just showed us. A guy's got a million views on his video and all the comments. Because I like to go to look at what are the average people saying? Because that tells you a lot, right? Not that they're a source of information, but I like to see what are they understanding from all the information that's being put out there. Someone is saying, if we only make dua for ourselves, is that nifaq? If somebody does not is not concerned about the affairs of the Muslims, their Islam is incomplete and they're not one of us by meaning they have not fulfilled the rights towards other Muslims, nor your rights towards the Prophet who loves these Muslims. Take care, Hajj. Okay. If you are not concerned with the affairs of Muslims, you're not sufficient. You're incomplete. We wouldn't say he's munafiq. We say he's incomplete. What is your opinion of Muslims who are part of the IDF? I haven't looked into it, but there's a lot of different names we can go there with. There's a lot of different things we could say about that. Um, major sin being the least, kufr being the greatest that we could possibly say. Okay. All right. Um, did not Munafiq set out for Uhud? Yes, they did. They set out for Uhud. And they and then they ended up turning back and taking a bunch, a number of believers with them too. As the Quran said, Some of you believers are tricked by the rhetoric of hypocrites. Okay. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Can Allah send help to the Palestinians? Allah can't be this hard hearted. Astaghfirullah. Nadim. What do you mean has not? Yeah, she's saying some people said this. What are you talking about? Allah has not gave us entire way of living. Allah has not given the Arabs. You th Allah doesn't come down himself or send angels to help you. Does he not give you resources? Does he not give you a brain? Does Allah not give the Arabs the most important resource in the world right now? We, the Arabs, control the blood of the world. Does not the blood move nutrients up and down the body of the human being? How does the supply chain of food, of water, of everything move in the world? Is it not by oil and gas, right? Everything moves in this world like the blood, like your, your trucking, your airplanes, all the physical movement of supplies, of goods, is by analogy like the blood in the body. This is how stuff moves. Well, what is it run on? Is it not run on the fuel and the, and the oil that is the bulk of it? I don't know what the percentage is, but the vast majority of it is in the Arab world. And you ask, why isn't Allah helping? Did not Allah give the Arabs this oil way back in the 20s in a century that they could have controlled by the snap of their fingers? They could have controlled the entire 20th century. Right? But you have... A, there's a principle. If you go against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he clouds your brain gets clouded. All you needed to do is be a regular Muslim. And your brain would have been clear. And you say, wow, 
we control the most important resource on the earth right now. And you have controlled it for 100 years. And what has it earned you? Zero. So don't now ask, where is Allah? Allah has been there for you. Gave you the most important resource on the earth that you could have literally controlled the entire globe. Okay? The entire globe by how you utilize this resource. Yeah. Should always add that we our belief is that all these all those that are martyred are shuhada. Yani they they have reached perhaps even a greater rank than us. Yeah. You know they they've they're already in Allah's Allah. They're they're already you know have they have their their uh, their reward already. It's been given to them. That's the first thing to add. And the second thing, one of my favorite tafsirs of that Jah Nasrullah wal Fatih. Right. رأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفر إنه كان توابا This last portion where it's speaking about when Allah's I mean the beginning of the surah begins with when Allah's إذا جاء نصر الله when Allah's help and the opening like comes right the very end Allah says when when that comes when that fatih comes when that opening comes the victory comes فسبح بحمد ربك and this is obvious right it makes sense why you would praise your Lord and when you have uh, a victory come. Wastaghfir, right? This part, and ask, seek forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So why would you seek forgiveness when Allah is, Allah gives you victory? What is there to seek forgiveness from? And Imam Al-Qurtubi, I believe, he writes uh, one of his explanations for this is that wastaghfir is seek forgiveness for any time before the victory came that you had an ounce of shak, you had an ounce of doubt in your heart. Seek forgiveness from Amazing. that. So when that when and this is something that we should have in our hearts is that you should know that the fatih the opening is coming, right? And any time you have any sort of doubt or shek in that, seek forgiveness from Allah. Seek forgiveness from Allah for ever doubting His promises, and also seek forgiveness of Allah for take for flipping the script and taking your God to account when He's the one who takes you to account. The question like this is where is Allah in these bad times? Never emanates except from a very dark heart filled with sins, doubt, weakness of faith, and, and being far from Allah in the good times. This is a, 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 a constant. Whenever there's an earthquake and people say, where is God? The only people who say this are the faithless. Whereas those who remembered Allah in the good times, they look around, they say, Alhamdulillah, there's an Instagram clip going around. I wish I could... Could uh, what if I forward it to you? Could you actually put it on? Because I think it's really good. It's an Instagram clip of a a woman who's saying, "Oh, Ummah of Islam, do not worry about us." Subhanallah. Let's actually close with this. Okay, let's close with this because this is such an amazing uh, clip showing the iman of people, right? And I think it's appropriate to put this up now. When someone brings up a question like this, okay. These questions are the manifestation of kibr. Like, the premise is that you assume that Allah owes you something. Unreal. That, that you're at a position that Allah is supposed to give you something. And you. Who are you? Who are you? And you are. Your premise is blindness. Your premise is that you are not aware of what Allah has already given you. And I'm telling you, I repeat it again: the greatest resource in world history. Because there's never been more wealth in the world than now. There's never been more people in the world than now. This is the greatest century in terms of just material connectedness between people. 
right? Like if you owned the modes of transportation 300 years ago, right? If you had the monopoly of horses, that's not going to move the needle, right? Because you're only, economies were tiny. You have a global economy now, right? You have airplanes moving around. You controlled all of that fuel or the bulk of it. You could have done so much, but you didn't. So don't now come and say, where is Allah, right? When he, because this is the oil. The beauty of the oil is that it's directly, like nobody does anything for it. It's just directly, uh, there's no human interference. It's a God-given All right, go ahead. Let's see this. Watch this video. It's an amazing video. Turn the sound on there at the bottom corner there. Bottom corner of the... Yeah, I'll, I'll read it to you guys. You can lower the volume, actually, uh, so I can translate to them. I've, I've heard... She's saying... Uh, well, I pray to God that he will give my children safety. Said by Allah, none of my kids woke up. The world around is collapsing in pieces, fragments, frightening sounds, but thank God none of my children woke up. Allah is greater than everyone. Don't worry about us. Pray for us. We're the ones who need to make you steadfast. That's Iman, unbelievable. May Allah be generous with you, she's saying. Our faith is strong. Steadfastness in life, in deen. Everything is, we give shukr to Allah. I have a little boy, Abdullah. He's three years old. She said, I'm, it feels like I'm going to die. I said, no, don't say that. He says, I don't, I'm not going to die, I'm going to be elevated. As if an angel made him say that. Subhanallah. Saying like that story of a child who was going to be killed with his mother and the child spoke and said, Fear not. Death. She said, don't worry about us. Biggest piece of advice. That remember that people said, La ilaha We are a small group. And we're not, a f we're not even fighting. We're not fighting Israel. We're fighting America. Supporting all this. Is what she's saying. She's saying just... Make dua for us if we're dead And make dua for us if we're alive That Allah gives us strength Subhanallah 
المقاومة أشرف من أي بني آدم على وجه الأرض. المقاومة بالدافع عن المقاومة بالدافع عن أي حاجة. المقاومة قاعدين بيقولوا في الأخبار إنها بتنفذ أجندة معينة لحد معين. هدول المرجفين في المدينة. Saying this resistance represents any political group, it doesn't. It's a resistance of regular people, and these are all rumors. They're trying to pour this resistance and say now it's the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, it's Hamas. Yeah, these groups exist, but the this resistance is a resistance of regular people trying to live regular lives. So another day covering this issue. Um, we covered a number of things on this stream, and unfortunately, we have to wrap up right now. I'll take a final question. Question, what do Islamic scholars say regarding the 20 biblical verses condemning historical people of Gaza? Uh, Christian Zionists now quoting them so much. I don't know about them. I don't know that Gaza was even mentioned by that. Of course, probably a different word or different name but I'm not aware of this at all and doesn't make a difference. It's not a book that's verified in any way, shape and form. It's also, I mean, surprised when Jews um, ever quote the Bible because they contradict the Bible in so many other areas. Um, hmm? Let's close with the one they drop. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن فتحنا لك فتحا مبينا ليغفر لك الله ما تقدم من ذنبك وما تأخر ويتم نعمته عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيما وينصرك الله نصرا عزيزا وكان عند الله وجيها وجيها في الدنيا والآخرة ومن المقربين وجهت وجيها للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله فتح قريب وبشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم الحواريين من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه السنة ونانهم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤود أفضل ما هو لني نظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزل هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشع متصدع من خشية الله وتلك الأمتان نضربها للناس لعلم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم وإذ نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكن بشفتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس وينظرون عز جار وجل ثناء ودغدس تسمى ولا إله غيره اللهم نجعلك في نحور أعدائي وعذبك من شرورهم وتحيلهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بعداوة من الجن والإنس يا حفظ يا حفظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وعز سلطانك تحصنت بالله وبأسماء الله وبآيات الله وملائكة الله وأنبياء الله ورسل الله والصالحين من عباد الله صنت نفسي 
Bila ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wa sallam Allahumma ahnusni bi'anika allati la tanam Wa knufni bika nabika allati la yuram Warhamni biqudratika alayhi fila ahlak wa antatiqati wa rajai Ya ghiyatan mustagheetin, ya ghiyatan mustagheetin, ya ghiyatan mustagheetin Ya darika lalikin, ya darika lalikin, ya darika lalikin Ikfini sharra kulli tariqin yatruq bi laylin Au nahari la tariqin yatruq bi khairin Inaka ala kulli shayin qadir بسم الله أرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفاء بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس أذ بالباس يشفي أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء أن يغضر السقم ولا ألم يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفع عني كل تعب شديد واكفني من الحد والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيش العديد واجعل لي نور من نورك وزمن أزك ونصر من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييد من تأييدك هذا الجلال والإكرام والموهب العظام سألك التكفين من شر كل ذي شر أنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم سليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين Inshallah, two minutes for uh, make your dua. This is Sa'at al Ijaba. One of the times where dua is accepted. Inshallah.
Dr. Shadi is not here, so I'll close up the stream. Subhana rabbika rabbika izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.